Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one best-selling book, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Then call my office at 662-844-1414 and order my new book, The Code Breaker. Welcome into the Friday edition of The Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. He's Stephen Gagliano. It is great to be with you on what is finally a summer day. My gosh, it's hot outside. It took long enough. But at least it's here now instead of September, I suppose. But glad you guys are with us. A little programming note. Uh, I will be out of town uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and possibly for the Thursday recording of this podcast, although we don't do them on Thursday, figured we might do back-to-back. It just depends, honestly. Point being, this is probably going to be your last edition until next Friday, and then no more days off. Then then it's all full speed ahead. All going, gas, no breaks. All gas, no breaks into uh, football season. So uh, just keep that in mind. I love how we introduce a new co-host, <laughs> we get this thing rolling, and then I disappear. But That's all right. Yeah, that's how it goes. So the, I think you deserve a vacation. Man, it's um, I I don't mean to complain about my job because I, I love this, but sometimes you just need to go away. You Can know, I complain from, about from my job? Anything? <laughs> you just need to go away. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I, I'm going away. This part's great. All the other stuff is what gets in the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seeing uh, oh Angie down the hall, you know, just ruins your day. Andy, close oh, enough. I, I was talking about Angie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> We have a lot of people around here with the, with similar names. Oh man, no, Angie's the best. I'm I'm just kidding. I know she doesn't listen to this, so I can stay say stuff like that. Uh, she's been a big help to me. Anyway, so the point is, we won't have an episode here for a little while. But uh, awful timing for me to go on vacation. Why? Because What's going on? Next week is going to be explosive, as oh, yeah. it turns out. I'm all of you know by now. That Oklahoma and Texas, the original reporting was they reached out to the SEC about joining the conference. We now know it's a lot deeper than that. It is significantly deeper than that. In fact, what we're not going to do today, I'm just going to go ahead and give you a heads up, is talk about whether or not they should be admitted into the SEC because that conversation, frankly, it doesn't matter. It's going to happen. They are leaving the Big 12. The SEC will vote them in. It's going to happen. It is absolutely going to happen. So should they, should they not? I think that's a kind of a waste of time. You don't think Ross Bjork has the power to, to whip the votes into, into getting them, I guess, excluded from the SEC? Steven, I saw somebody that covers Texas A&M say that Ross Bjork still has influence in Oxford and could sway the Ole Miss <laughs> vote to no. And I, I mean, I just... I wanted to send the guy an email and be like, Did he hey, have influence while he was in Oxford? <laughs> enough to botch an NCAA investigation. But it's really, I'm sure Ole Miss fans are really happy to see uh, a PR disaster run by him, not under the Ole Miss umbrella. I mean, that's kind of nice to see that unfold somewhere else for a change. But I, I honestly wanted to reach out to the guy and say, hey, man, no. No, Ross Bjork <laughs> will not influence the, the the vote at Ole Miss at all. That is That is not something that's going... Uh, to happen, he would so, influence it the other way. If yeah, Ross seriously, Bjork doesn't want UT and Oklahoma in the SEC. Ole Miss would be more likely yeah. to vote yes. His best bet would be to not talk to Keith Carter <laughs> or anybody at all about this, and just hope maybe they see it the same way he does. But no, it it, it certainly appears that uh, everybody else is going to be a hard yes, and that this is going to happen. It's 
really mostly a matter of if and not when. So we're going to bypass that, if that's okay with, with all of you guys, because should they or should they not, it's a conversation that really doesn't matter, because I think the should they has become they are, and when will they? Yeah, that part of the timeline moved very quickly. Again, it started as this report of, well, they've reached out to the SEC. Then it was, well, more conversations have happened, and now it almost feels like this is happening, and there's not a lot of other yeah. options surrounding this conversation. Texas and Oklahoma's athletic director skipping on the AD's meeting last night for the Big 12 told you all you needed to know, that they, they intend to leave, especially now that this is out there, you, you can't go back. And I think it was Dennis Dodd, and for whatever that's worth, reported. And there, there are so many people that are echoing his sentiment, but uh, apparently they plan on making their intentions publicly known uh, within a couple of days. It, so again, it's uh, so it's, while you're on vacation. While I'm on vacation, I used to joke okay. about that on the Sunday show. There were a couple of different times where big things happened, and I was out of town. The the few kind of times I I took a vacation, that's when bigger things would happen. I would miss those shows. So that's how you'll feel next week. Yeah, to have fun. <laughs> yeah, that's all right though. I yeah. mean, it, I mean, we've we've already kind of talked it through in totality. The next thing is what they do with the two teams and how. Does this affect most specifically Ole Miss? Because obviously this is an Ole Miss-focused podcast, which is brought to you by LBs just across from Kroger on University Avenue right there in Oxford. Go by and see Greg. It's the best place in Mississippi to get your meat without a doubt. And tell him that we sent you. Weekend weather in Oxford looks stunning, so you're going to want to put something on the grill. 90, 90 on Saturday, partly cloudy. 91 on Sunday with the sun out. That's shirt off grilling weather. If <laughs> as long as there's nothing that's greasy that's going to pop. Yeah, you know, don't do the the whole bacon in a skillet on the grill <laughs> thing that my neighbor does. Sounds uh, good though. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> and then you turn around and anyway, uh, so weather looks great. It's grilling weather. Stop by LB's again. Go see Greg. Tell him we sent you just across from Kroger University Avenue, right there. In Oxford, the podcast is also brought to you by ABS, Advantage Business Systems. ABSMS.com is the website. It's an office technology solutions company, and they're uh, statewide in Mississippi, and they have been uh, since the 70s. They started in Jackson. They service, though, every corner of the state of Mississippi. When you call ABS, you get a live person every time. When they send a tech to service your business, somebody from your backyard very familiar, and I, like I joke all the time, Mississippi, the six degrees of separation is like two when you've got ties here. So you probably know the person that's going to come out and service your company. And they offer office technology like copiers and printers or mail machines, voice over IP phones, uh, cloud storage, data security, all that kind of stuff for a free, complimentary, free office technology assessment. ABSMS.com is the website. Advantage Business Systems. So... Keith Carter spoke yesterday, kinda, on the radio show, kinda, about this situation. He's, of course, not going to say a whole lot, but is there anything that he said yesterday that stood out to you at all? Well, I think he he was able to kind of not confirm that this specifically was happening, but he gave everyone a heads up of, hey, three to five years from now, nothing's going to look like it looks today. And so I think... He also mentioned that he's not sure that this will be the last piece of information that pops is the word he used. And I think that just speaks to 
the avalanche of news that could be coming once we find out that it's official that Texas and Oklahoma may be coming to the SEC because, you know, we, we've seen it everywhere now. This has so many different conversations kind of spouting off from this and more questions that need to be asked and answered as far as what other conferences do. How does this look from a, a media standpoint? There's, there's a lot that's going to be coming down the pipeline here pretty soon, and I think that's what Keith Carter was alluding to. Yeah, when he said three to five years, um, I don't know how much we should read into that because at the end of the day, he is an administrator, and they embellish because they should, uh, but they do. That's that's part of the job is to not tell anyone anything, really. It's to keep things vague. Keep things vague, and he did that yesterday. But that timeline I, th- I thought was fascinating that he actually kind of put a time frame on it because that's the first question is when. When does this all happen? Between television contracts that they have to work out, scheduling, you know, how you're going to separate the conference, all that, more on that here in a little bit. But all of that on top of the fact that there is at least one lawmaker in Texas that is going to use his position of power to, you know, not address the needs of his constituents, but to make it so that Texas can't leave without getting the legislature's approval and going through the legislative process. If I've learned one thing since I've been here is it's that there's a lot of time wasted in state government. So I think... I guess it's not universal to Mississippi. It happens in Texas, too. Uh, There are a few listeners that we have that do reside in Texas, and uh, tax dollars at work for you right there. You've got somebody, a lawmaker, that has decided to use valuable time, his salary that he receives from you, to try to make Texas leaving the Big 12 a little bit more difficult. Which doesn't make any sense because— I suppose we'll get into all this kind of stuff as we go, but Texas going to the SEC means more money for Texas. More prestige, more everything. I don't know how that's not the first thought that comes to your head, especially as a politician. Their first thought is usually, how can I make more money off of this? And Texas going to the SEC is a good thing. I get it in Oklahoma. It's still kind of lame because, again— I promise you every state in America has more problems than football teams. But Oklahoma at least has a, wait, hold on, you're leaving Oklahoma State behind. That might damage us. Like, I kind of get that, although that still shouldn't be something that they undertake. Three to five years makes sense to me. I've heard and seen people say that it could happen as early as next year. That seems quite ambitious, I don't know, but I don't think anybody knows at this point because so much has to happen between now and then, but it certainly feels like this is a go. Is this good or bad for Ole Miss? I feel like I'm supposed to take a a very hard-line stance here, but until Ole Miss is competing for national championships or SEC championships for that matter, it almost feels like kind of a wash. But good in the sense that you have a high marquee game added to your schedule, if not every year, depending on how they would align things. Every couple years, that Ole Miss-Texas game at Ole Miss a a few years ago now, longer ago than I'd like to admit, I guess, because I was still in school, but that was huge. And if you can get an atmosphere like that and a game like that added to your schedule, that's not a bad thing. But as far as from a competition standpoint, I think it's kind of a wash, like I said, until you're competing for the top of the conference. My answer when I'm asked that is it depends. 
First of all, is it good for Ole Miss financially? Absolutely. Yes. Now, will Alabama be getting more money too? Sure. But you're further separating yourself from everybody else in college football. And don't forget, I mean, by percentage, I used this example on the show yesterday. If somebody wrote Jeff Bezos a $50,000 check, that means nothing to him. If somebody wrote me a $50,000 check, it changes my life. So Ole Miss getting the same amount of money as Alabama it means more to Ole Miss because it is a bigger percentage of their current budget. So it, while the money's equal, it helps Ole Miss more than it does just by percentage, but still. It may be no accident, too, that Keith Carter on the show also is talking about a new facilities project and a new fundraising effort I mean, that they're undertaking. Uh, imagine so. that. And he wants to make it bigger than it currently is. Yeah, so add Texas and Oklahoma to your conference, add that into your, your media contracts and all the money that you make and— Boom, that number yeah. explodes. So financially, it's good, uh, especially season tickets will become more valuable, absolutely will become more valuable, uh, because adding Texas and Oklahoma to your home schedule will inspire people to sell more tickets. It will bring more people to your town, all that stuff. I mean, financially, it's great. From a competitive perspective, I, that's where it depends falls into place. Because for me, if you just – Add Texas and Oklahoma to the currently existing divisions makes it harder for you. And I've seen a lot of proposals out there. I don't like any of them uh, that would, like, say, move Alabama and Auburn to the east or Missouri and Auburn to the east or something like that and bringing in Texas and Oklahoma to the west. It makes your path to winning championships, even if it's just slight, more difficult. Now, Texas has been largely crap for the last few years. It hadn't been too terribly long ago when Bo Wallace and Ole Miss went into Austin and kicked the shit out of Texas. I mean, that didn't happen too terribly long ago. I remember that vividly. So, competitively, it's two more teams in your league that have more resources and ability to get players, and Oklahoma is far more consistently winning than you are, of course, which makes your path a little bit more difficult. I also don't think that they're just going to add two teams to tr- the traditional divisions. I don't think that's what they're going to do. This pods idea has exploded, and I think be- it's simply because most people are kind of sick of how the divisions work right now. Because think about it. Ole Miss will play Tennessee in Knoxville this year under the current scheduling model. My son will be in college the next time Ole Miss plays at Knoxville. And he can say five words. <laughs> wow, that He will really, be in college the next time Ole Miss plays Tennessee in Knoxville. That really puts that in perspective. And I know that it's obviously a long period of time, but when you say it like that, that's absurd. And I, I've heard, and I, you might have been the one to say it on the show yesterday, about these kids should get the chance to play in these different stadiums during their time in the conference. And breaking up into pods would allow them to do that. And I think, most importantly, it would balance everything competitively. So I put it out there on Twitter, and it, you know it's my proposal, but I've seen a bunch like this, and I think all of them accomplish the same goal. So right now, this is what I put out there. I put four pods... And, and a lot of people have done this. It's certainly not unique to me. And here's how I separated them. These are four-team pods, which I'm going to call divisions because the word pod makes me cringe. And the NFL has formed four-team divisions. The SEC can have four-team divisions as well. I separated them based on 
rivalries, and also location. So in the east, I have Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, Kentucky. In the west, I had Texas A&M, Texas, Oklahoma, and Missouri. In the central is what I called it, Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee, and Vanderbilt. And in the Midwest, and we can certainly workshop that name, I had LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Arkansas. And, you know, I, I podcasted about it this morning and streamed about it this morning, so, it, you know, we don't need to go down all of that road again about why this makes sense. But basically, I preserve as many rivalries as I can, and it's regional-based for the most part. And you play each team in your division every year, and then play two teams from every other division on a rotating basis. So in four years, you would host every team in the SEC and play at every team in the SEC in four years. Sounds good to me. I think people are more are so interested in this because the current model right now doesn't allow that. I mean, you were in college for four years, right? I was. How many SEC East road trips did Ole Miss have? Oof, not many. And from, it's it's Vanderbilt twice. Yep. That's regardless of what happens, they've got to do away with that whatever it is. I don't know what they call it. Just call it a model, I guess. Or I'm saying the the Oh, the permanent opponent. Yeah, the permanent opponent yeah. on the other side. You've got to get rid of that and have more rotating opponents. Regardless of of if they break into pods, if they add two teams, whatever they decide to do. That has to go away. And I believe I think Mike Leach was asked about it during media days, and he he said that they should do away with yeah. it. So I think Dan Mullen also uh, argued that sentiment. I think this the 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 divisions, the four divisions, the pods, adds diversity of schedule, and that's appealing to a lot of people. You're not a true conference if you just add the two teams to the existing divisions, you're not even a conference anymore because you're not playing anybody from the other side other than once a decade and a half. And, and that's just not acceptable. So that's why this is attractive to people. But I also think it will balance the scales a little bit and not make the path for Ole Miss as daunting as some people believe. There are going to be some years where Ole Miss's schedule is easier than the ones that they've been putting up with for the last few years, for example. So if if it works out this way, you would have to play LSU in the Egg Bowl in Arkansas every year. In the Central, you could get the draw of Tennessee, who's been a dumpster fire, and Auburn, who's inconsistent. In the East, you could get Florida or Georgia, but also South Carolina or Kentucky. In the West, you could get Oklahoma, but you could get Missouri or Texas, who... Again, last time you played them, you kicked the shit out of them. <laughs> so if it means you mesh the teams from the East into your scheduling model, then, yeah, you still have to play Oklahoma. That's just another team on your schedule that's one of the best in the country. But that means you avoid Alabama, but twice every four years. That means you avoid Georgia, but twice every four years. And you get Kentucky twice every four years. You get South Carolina twice every four years in Missouri twice every four years in Vanderbilt, although you play them every year still. I think that could make the schedule, at least not make it more difficult. Now, some years you might have a tougher one because your draw could suck, but some years you could even have an easier schedule than the one that you're currently playing this year. And, oh my gosh, oh, you might have to sacrifice the Alabama game. I, I saw somebody say that the other day. That almost doesn't want to almost doesn't want to lose the game? Alabama game. I thought, are you insane? 
that's a law. It's a guaranteed loss, or at least you know, Ole Miss has had recent success, but not having to play Alabama and still getting to have the SEC on your chest, it's a big deal, right? You, you want that? Well, the whole thing makes, makes sense to me. It makes that game even more special, though, when you do play Alabama and you can get more hyped up for it, and you can put more focus into it as a fan or as a program, whatever. And you can you can spin it up that way. It's oh, you only get a crack at the best in the world every couple years, and now you get to work that in. But I I think that that's a great way to set this up because you just add two more teams into it, and it stays. What's the word I'm looking for? Stagnant. And every year when you go in knowing that you're going to play the same teams every single time with that one rotating team from the East, it's. It's not as exciting as it could be, especially if you're making such a drastic move to add two of the biggest name programs in college football. And of course, we're focusing on football today. I know this would mean other sports as well, but when you add them in, you're taking a monumental step. So, so make a monumental change along with it. Yeah. What in your in your opinion in the scenario that you mocked up? What's the hardest pod or division? Ooh, that's a good question. The most difficult one, probably the West with That's AM, Texas, too. Oklahoma. Yep. And Missouri's on the rise, or at least you think it is. Yeah. That's where I was leaning. I mean, as poor well. Vanderbilt. <laughs> poor Vanderbilt. I mean, <laughs> and no matter where you place them, they'll just get destroyed. Yeah. And I, I've seen some people that would flip Arkansas and Missouri. I don't like that only because Arkansas and LSU have a rivalry of some kind. And Ole Miss and Mississippi State and Arkansas have kind of all been there. And geographically, it makes more sense. I could argue this w- with anybody, I think. I don't the only weakness is you lose Auburn Georgia annually, but again, you would still get that game twice every 4 years. So you really, you really wouldn't lose it all that much. But to go back to the original question, is this good for Ole Miss? Uh financially, absolutely. Now, I have heard that right away it might not change all that much. Now, it will be more money but it's like 10 years from now is when you will really, really, really start seeing a massive financial increase. Hmm. Like you're going to get it right away, but as this thing continues, it's going to get even higher because what's going to happen, this is conversation maybe for a different day. I think the Big 12 is done. I think it's over. Oh, I mean, I you lose over. your two biggest money makers. There's no other program in that conference that even sniffs the net worth of Texas no. and Oklahoma. And their TV deal's done in four years. Yeah. And, and they're why, down to eight teams. Why would you pay a crazy amount of money to that conference when there's not a marquee team in there that people are going to be drawn to watch? Not going to happen. And you've already seen teams that are reaching out elsewhere. A, a really simple solution would be like West Virginia to the ACC Iowa State to the Big Ten. Apparently, Kansas once in the Big Ten. The four remaining Texas schools would go to the Pac-12. I know Texas doesn't scream Pacific, but Columbia, <laughs> Missouri doesn't scream SEC East either. At this point, you just blow it up. Right. I think we're headed to the direction. At some point, I don't think you can be beholden to the names. I nah, think I think over. everyone out there will realize you can rename a conference. If you can move teams, you can rename a conference. You don't even need conference. to rename it. I mean, the Big Ten has 14 teams. Yep. So, I mean, who cares? You know, I mean, it it just doesn't matter anymore uh, at all. That's why I hate their logo so much. They've got it worked in there, but they don't have that number of teams. It makes no sense. The the one a few years ago had the number that had 11 mixed into the Big Ten, the old logo. You can see the number 11 in there Ah, uh, around the T because they had 11 teams before (laughs) they expanded uh, with Nebraska and Maryland and Rutgers. But 
I think that's where we're headed anyway. And once that becomes reality, television contracts are just going to keep getting more expensive and, and stuff like that. But yes, financially, it's a good thing for Ole Miss competitively. I think if they keep divisions, it makes your path more difficult. I think if you go to a four-team division system, it's kind of a wash. Yeah, I think so. I mean, in hell, how much does really how much does this really change? Honestly, I, like I, I've I've seen people say Texas being in the SEC is going to make it harder to recruit in Texas. Like, when have you ever? When has Texas ever struggled to acquire players? That's not their issue. <laughs> the the SEC patch on their their jersey I don't think is going to change that much because they already recruit incredibly well. Like maybe they get one or two more players. I don't. I just. I don't buy that theory at all, that it's going to make it more difficult to recruit that state. I mean, they're already the biggest brand in that state. They already signed top 10 classes. What do you what do you think is going to happen different? Well, from an Ole Miss perspective, and I know that this is something that a lot of people out there may have already thought about in, what is it, 2023? There's one particular recruit that may be deciding between Ole Miss and Texas, and how much does Texas being in the SEC influence that? Zero percent. Okay. That's I think it's I think it's a zero percent. If it's a zero percent chance, then then you know, then it's not it really going to affect it. any other recruiting battle. I mean I don't think. I, I have seen people say that uh the Mannings don't want Arch to compete against Ole Miss, so he won't go to Texas as they've joined the SEC. Like, no, that's that's not the case. It I'm telling people are overthinking this recruitment so 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 hard. Of course hard. they are. It, it is as normal. That's why we're talking about it now in 2021, right. and it's two years from now. I mean, the, the the pretzels that people are twisting their minds into to have a unique angle about Arch is, is kind of funny to me. I mean, the yeah, he values the opinion of his uncle Eli and his uncle Peyton and his grandpa Archie, but. He's still making the decision on his own. I, I, I mean, the number of people that think Archie's going to tell him where to go and he's just going to say, yes, sir, it, it's insane. It's not going to go down like that. And I, I saw somebody on Twitter last night, it got retweeted into my timeline, say that it, Ole Miss should vote no because it it makes it harder for them to get Arch. And my gosh, you yeah. do not vote <laughs> because about of your one future potential. because of one recruit that may not go to your school. I, <laughs> I'm telling you, that's man, insane. I, this I, thing is going to get ridiculous. It yeah. already is, and it's going to get even more ridiculous as it gets closer. Oh so gosh, that's yeah. something that you all need to mentally prepare for. Yeah, I almost. I, I'm glad I didn't. I almost replied, but I thought, man, you you are you're crazy. God bless no. you. You're nuts. You do not. If you're Keith Carter, you absolutely do not make a vote based on what Arch Manning may or may not like. Like that that is just a crazy concept. And in our opinion, or in our position, you don't engage with people going to Arch Manning recruiting. Uh, conspiracy theories, I guess. I can't do that. That's a, a rabbit um, hole you don't want to go down. No, I think Texas being in the SEC, though, has a 0% impact on on his recruitment at all. I don't think it changes anything. I mean, come on, guys. Texas is one of college football's biggest brands. They've stunk for two decades, with the exception of a couple of years, and they have still remained that brand, and they still get players. The acquisition They're still worth a billion dollars yeah. also. <laughs> I mean, the the acquisition of players has never, never been Texas's issue, and it will never be Texas's issue. It's it's been organizational incompetence and coaching. Getting players though, that's eh, not a problem. So, 
This is fascinating. I mean, I, college football is going to change, but I don't think it's that bad. Somebody's going to get screwed here. Somebody is. Somebody's going to be out of the Power Five because you can have four 16-team leagues with the current Power Five. But if they go to the four super conferences, is Notre Dame really going to leave themselves out? No. So I think they'll somebody, go into the ACC. Once this all settles out and... The ACC commissioner, by the way, the other day said he wants Notre Dame. Like, they're act- actively pursuing that. I mean, and they already play those five games a year within the ACC in football. Six. Is it five okay. or six? Either way. But, they have a contract where right. they play a bunch of games against the yeah, ACC. Yeah, it would make it so much easier to just join the ACC if you're, if you're Notre Dame. And to backtrack just for one quick second. Go for it. As far as player acquisitions, I do think that joining the SEC for Texas would help and I say that based on looking at the top 10 right now on 24-7. Texas is nowhere to be found in there. Right. Don't look at right now, though. That's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because it, it's just it's in the July. moment kind of thing. Yeah. Here, I'll go back to 2020. Let's see. And that is a coaching change involved. Right. All right. So you've got me here. But what I, were they I in do 2020? think. Well, I'm just looking at the top 10 recruits. And you've got Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, oh, Alabama. inside of the state of Texas is what you're talking about. National. Oh, aren't, so they, they didn't finish in the top 10 in 2020? These, the, are, these are players, I'm saying, that committed oh, to places. Oh, so oh, oh, just going through the top 10, they're nowhere to be found in there. So I think with some of those bigger-name guys that maybe go to Alabama, maybe you want to go to Texas, but you're still competing against the same players. You're still getting the most exposure in the country in the SEC. So I do think that there's a little bit more, but that's just me. It harms Texas A&M the most. Definitely. Because they are uh, a one-man Texas show in the SEC, and that was their selling point. And now Texas uh, has a better town by a long shot, Uh, more fun place to visit and go, and I assume go to college. Uh, It's a bigger brand. All that stuff. I mean, te- everything that Texas has, they are better than Texas A&M, except for this year's football team. And the stadium. Uh, have you seen DKR, though? Yeah, the and actually they just did an upgrade, too. So Yeah, there's yeah. there's a design <laughs> element in that upgrade that they, they didn't think through. Yeah. Uh, it, it's very immature, forgive me, <laughs> but Google Texas's stadium upgrade and tell me you don't see what I'm talking about in their new expanded end zone. There's a few tweets out there that specifically outline it for you, too. Let's so. say, let's... Just call it this way. You know how Tennessee runs through the T, right? That's what that's what they call it. Uh, Texas will be giving birth <laughs> when the when the Longhorns take the field. Jeez, I was waiting to see how you were going to skate around <laughs> saying what it looks like. Yeah, got got to be there before kickoff. Want to see the Longhorns give birth out there? <laughs> it's a miracle. It's a, yeah, it's the miracle of life. <laughs> Oh, man. So is there anything uh, that we're missing here in terms of in relation to Ole Miss? For whatever it's worth, uh, based on, you know, I haven't spoken to Keith Carter myself. He wouldn't answer the question anyway if I reached out for comment. My anticipation is that when Ole Miss, or excuse me, when the SEC goes to a vote, Ole Miss's will be yes. Yeah, there's I, there's no reason to believe that they would have any reason to vote no, Right. More money, just competitive, but you don't, yeah. you do not want to be one of the programs that, especially, what your status is. Yeah, and again, Texas and Oklahoma are going to be no more, uh, a, no much more of a roadblock to an SEC championship or a national championship than the teams already in your conference. 
Yeah. It just it increases exposure. It increases wealth for your program. And, I, yeah, I don't see many downsides to it. Other than, unless you're worried about the, you know, the future of the Power Five and how it's going to look and what you're doing to shake it up, but I'm not worried about that. Yeah, that doesn't bother me. Just go to the four-team divisions. If they keep it at status quo, that stinks. But if they, if they really mix it up and cause a stir, I think it'll be a great thing for uh, for college football. So that's it for us until probably a week from now. And uh, when we get back, so when I get back... Something's going to happen before that. Something will definitely happen before that. So we'll have a lot to talk about uh, on next Friday. But I believe the players quote report, air quotes... On, you mean they walk from their dorm to yeah, the first their week of August apartment, whatever? They're already there. I think they do give them a few days off to like go home or whatever before they start uh, training camp. But I believe it's like the fourth or the fifth of August is when that will begin. So that'll be the Friday before everything gets real, and uh, we're looking forward to talking about it all with you. So enjoy uh, your weekend, of course, and I'll try to enjoy my vacation. And we'll be back with you on Friday. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.